to Breaking Down Bits, a conversation about great comedy bits with the comedians who wrote and performed them. Drew Jordan. What is up, Brian? Good to be back with still going, still making this happen. It's been a wonderful thing to keep us busy and to keep us talking comedy during the quarantine. How's how's your last couple of days been? Hey, Drew, it's been great, man. Breaking down bits is what we're here to do. And uh, man, we've had some great shows. Maybe we'll get into some quick callbacks. Our last episode with Danny Palumbo. What'd, what'd you get out of it? There was a lot there. There's a couple different things I loved a lot. One of the things, um, because I'm not extremely uh, physical in my comedy, I love the fact that he just he uses his voice to create characters, to create difference, to create drama. It's just a, it's an easy way to you know step out of that narrative place where I I can kind of get really comfortable narrating, but to really move into an act out space and and if you're if you're someone like me who's not incredibly like extroverted, it's a nice first step into that. Absolutely. And for me, it was about getting comfortable in the room, allowing yourself to be present. And the other thing was getting the work done so that when you get there, comedy could just be enjoyable. Uh, I That's thought that was really wise. Uh, very excited about today, Drew. I, I, this is going to be a different format. Uh, we're talking about roast comedy uh, you and I have also decided stupidly, <laughs> stupidly that we're going to roast each other. And if our guest is willing to have her judge us at the end, uh, what are we doing, man? Uh, but this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun. So speaking of our guest, uh, let's go ahead and get to know her. She's a regular on Chelsea Lately, writer for The Burn with Jeff Ross, and red carpet host of The Roast of Justin Bieber and the CMAs, Sarah Tiana has been a working comedian in Los Angeles since 2003. Sarah received notoriety for her performance as Carmen in Reno 911. She's done over 12 tours of comedy for the troops all around the world, and when she's not on the road, she can be seen regularly at the world-famous Comedy Store. All right, Drew, we are joined by Sarah Tiana. Sarah, go ahead and unmute yourself, sweetheart, and say hello. Oh, I don't think I'm muted. Am I muted? You're live. You're in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> like that was like all slow motion, but hi, everybody. I'm Sarah. Nice to see you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for being a part of the show. Uh, I love that we get to explore something a little bit different. Uh, on this episode, we typically, you know, just talk about the writing and performance, but today we get to dive in a little more specifically about roast jokes because you're just so darn good at them and oh, you've had some amazing performances. So I'm excited to hopefully I, I can't get worse at roast jokes, so hopefully I can only <laughs> get better at this point. Definitely. There's a, there's only one way to go with roast jokes and that's up. <laughs> So, Sarah, that's actually how I discovered you. Uh, I don't remember. It was years ago before I got into comedy. I found the Comedy Central Roast Battles uh, oh. season one and two, and I just binged them. And oh. you you stood out, like stood out far and above, oh. uh, stood out more than Mike Lawrence, I should add. 
And, uh, and it was great. And I'm like, man, I, so I've been following your career ever since and just an incredible uh, running comedy. And we're excited you can join us to talk roasting. Thank you so much. That's an honor. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, typically we start with an, an open-ended question mm -hmm. about just how does Sarah Tiana write comedy in general, but maybe we can twist it here and go, how, what's your process of specifically writing roast jokes? Well, I mean, I've been writing roast jokes since I think, uh, I think the roast of Donald Trump might've been the first one that I ever started working on. But I think I, the first one I got paid to work on was Sheen. So like, basically like that's how long I've been writing roast jokes. And obviously the longer you do it, the better you get. Um, but honestly, the way you start with roasting is you start with research. You have to find out everything you can about the person that you're roasting and then you can write jokes about them. Also, the number one rule in roasting is that you only roast the ones you love. Uh, because if you don't, then those jokes just end up being mean <laughs> and not clever and smart. So you just said you're voting for Trump is what you just said. You've roasted a, a president. That is that is something. Um, yeah. So let me let me ask you two things because uh, I want to know about you a little bit more about how you're so good at this. So my assumption might be that you were like a mean girl in high school and you had a burn book. Is that, am I, am I way off on that? That's yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just, I actually like, I pride myself on being really nice and honestly, my approach to roasting, I think might be a little bit different. And, and, um, and that's because I'm not a mean person when I'm writing a joke about you. I want you to be impressed and I want you to want to use that joke in your act. So I'm trying to write a joke that will impress you, not offend you. If that makes any sense. It makes a lot of sense. And, and actually your stage presence, it's kind of, it's so sweet and so nice. And then it's, it's almost like anytime they write a joke, you're like, Oh, I feel bad for you. That, that's, you know, yeah. it, it's. Yeah. It because I mean, what happens is like, I spent, like, I work really hard on them. I dig deep. I find stuff. And I also, the other reason that you roast the ones that you love is because you're never going to say something about someone that, you know, would hurt their feelings. You know, like, I'm not going to bring up something that would offend whoever I'm roasting, you know, or like cut too deep. And so, you know, I think you, you start this rapport. And then also, like, when I say things about you, it's coming from this Southern kind face. And so nobody really gets too upset. <laughs> so I've always kind of had that um, in my corner. And I used it to my advantage as opposed to just ignoring it. Yeah, it's a left hook for sure. You don't you yeah. do not see that coming from you with your delivery and everything. When it when you say do you do research and you, and I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is do you go with stuff that everybody already knows about that person mm -hmm. or like how do you let's say you find you dig, you're digging and you find something really great for a roast joke but it's not commonly known how do you bring that up? How do you inform the crowd about all this stuff before you use it as a joke? Well, you have to bring it up in this, in the setup. That's the problem. So like, if it's not common knowledge, then you can't just skirt over it, which means the setup also has to be somewhat funny. Like I think, um, 
I think, uh, man, I'm trying to think of like a good example of something like a deep dive that it, like, I remember before we did roast battle on comedy central, we did it live in Montreal at the comedy festival up there the year before. And that's where I started getting like all this like heat and momentum. Cause I was like roasting a ton of people, like all the X-Men were there. And like, I think uh, uh, Aaron yeah. Rodgers was like dating Olivia Munt. So like he was, it was like all this stuff was going on. And then like, um, and so uh, I roasted Catherine Ryan, who's this incredible comedian who's, um, she lives in London, but she's uh, a Canadian, I think. And like, uh, so anyway, I had friends in London who like I was texting with to like get me information. And like, I ended up talking to her ex-husband <laughs> like <laughs> over text, just getting information. And then like, ultimately some of the stuff was just like, I didn't want to have to explain too much stuff like that. That's the other problem with a roast joke. Like if you're, if you have a big setup, the roast, the punchline better be good. Because if the punchline is just okay, then you just wasted so much time. So yeah. all, all the joke writing rules still apply. You still want to keep it tight, keep your setups tight, uh, and then dig for for dirt. the The other thing I'm going to assume about you is that you're you're a pretty known sports fan. Do you? Is mm-hmm. it just the competitiveness that you that you like? Were, were you an athlete as growing up? Yeah, I was an athlete growing up and yeah, I'm super competitive. Uh, Everything is a competition. I mean, I love Survivor. I love The Bachelor all because of like competition, any kind of competition. uh, I'm down and I want to win. And so, you know, you work and you work and you work. And like that, that first season of Roast Battle was different and unprecedented, like different than any other of the Roast Battles because we had to do all of that in four days. So I wrote you know, for the finale, I was, uh, I could potentially have three or four different people that I was roasting. So I had to write four roast battles in 24 hours, which is really tough. Yeah. So, you know, by the time I made it to the final, it was your, your brain is putty and spent. And I, I let off with the wrong joke and it was just downhill from there. Like the first joke you tell is so important. Yeah. I love, I would love to know your theory on that. You only get a handful of jokes, what, three to five, mm-hmm. something like that yeah. joke. What is your strategy on ordering those? Is it still like a regular set? Like you might start off with your second, your second best and you end with your best, best. What do you, what's your strategy there? Yeah, you try. Yeah, yeah. You definitely try to, you want to start strong and you want to end strong. So you want to keep your best joke for the end, but you, you have to start strong. So it's kind of, and and honestly, like I usually know where I'm going to start. I know where I want to end. And then I'm just Peyton Manning the next, the, I'm just aud- calling audibles the whole time because it just depends on what they say, because you might want to do a rebuttal. And like with me, I always knew what the re- my, my rebuttal could always be about being like men always called me like a whore and like all this stuff, you know, it's like, you know, you could just tell what guys are going to say about you because like, and unfortunately, I'm a very difficult person to roast because I don't really have a lot on my record, so to speak. So it's kind of hard to beat me because you have to find something about me that no one's talked about. And people can call me, you know, that's why Mike Lawrence, went, we we met up before the show. We met up the day before and told each other like all this stuff about each other just so. And I feel like he told me all the stuff he's already told everybody. And I told him things that I had never told anybody like. 
I've only like slept with like a couple people, you know what I mean? Like I, everybody calls me a whore. I'm like, I always, I remember one time I roasted, um, big poppy from the Boston Red Sox. And like, I was the only woman on the panel and like literally everybody called me like Gronk, like, put, you know, everybody's calling me just like a whore the whole time. And so I got up there and I was like, you guys are giving me a lot of credit. You know, my, <laughs> my list of sexual partners is a lot like Dustin Pedroia. It is embarrassingly short. And, um, <laughs> like, and uh. so like, it was like a great way to start off. Cause I was like starting with a rebuttal. And then I was like, I kind of had everybody, in my hands and made fun of myself, but also made fun of Dustin at the same time. And so it was just kind of like a nice, easy way in. Mm. That's fun. The rebuttal stuff is, is a, a unique thing to kind of like, okay, what are they going to maybe say about me? How can mm -hmm. I turn this around and, and fire it back? Uh, and like, it's kind of an interesting thing. You do have that moment in the, in the maybe, I don't know what the rules, official rules to roast battle are, but you do have that moment of kind of interchange in between that doesn't count as a full joke. It's just kind of a little clap back, mm -hmm. a little rebuttal. Mm -hmm. That way you can kind of like, you know, I don't know, is that that's a that's a whole other thing. And does it count as one of your major jokes? Yeah, no, it doesn't count. I mean, sometimes people will try to sneak in one or two, and I think the judges are really usually on top of that. So, you know, you don't want it to be lopsided, but I was always just like, I know I got five killer jokes and like I can call an audible if I feel like another one based on what they said will be stronger. You know, like if somebody, you know, is talking about their beard and I kind of had a joke about their beard, but like I didn't really want to bring it up because everybody talks about it. It's a great time to do it right after they make some sort of rebuttal, you know. So you're kind of just like always on the edge waiting to see what's going to happen. Yeah. But one thing you can do with those, right, is get the crowd behind you and get some momentum. And even if it doesn't count in like an official judge's score, it helps you with your delivery. If you know that the crowd's already behind you, I would imagine. right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And you can use you can bring that up like you can use anything that you can possibly use. It's a fight. So, <laughs> so you're going to use every weapon. <laughs> That's right. And so do you and do you write those clapbacks? It sounded like possibly you yeah. write them like knowing what they're going to say about you. So you, you've already got those written. I don't know. I'm anticipating what they're going to say about me. Yeah. I'm just uh, anticipating like uh, what they can say about me. What would I write about myself? You know, like I would write about being Southern. So like people will call me racist or dumb or, you know, what about being a woman or an Atlanta sports fan who's just like constantly disappointed. Like those are the things that I would write about myself. Here's here's one thing that I like about roast comedy, and uh, and I'm going to ask you a little bit about boundaries and maybe if they've changed. But this is the one place where you can punch down, right? And also <laughs> yeah. a place where some stereotypes are still in play a little bit, as mm -hmm. long as it's done in the right way. Uh, has that changed over time? With because the, the rest of comedy is is <laughs> it's very mm -hmm. uh, there's the cancel culture, right, and, and uh -huh. all that. Uh, this is one place where it's a little different. Uh, how has that changed? And um, and how 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 can you write uh, in that space still today? You know, I mean, I, I guess like the best example of that was like the, the Alec Baldwin roast we just did was on, you know, we had Caitlyn Jenner. And so it was like, there was all these like, well, can we make fun of trans people? Can we talk about her new vagina? Can we do this? Can we do that? You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, Obviously, we did. I mean, this was also before any 
of the, you know, protests have been happening and stuff like that. I don't know what comedy and roasting is going to look like. Um, it's generally unaffected. You know, people try to act like they're upset, but usually people aren't offended. Their words, someone's going to think that they're not offended. And that is obviously like more offensive because it's just, you know, virtue signaling. It's like acting like I'm, I'm upset. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're just, you want people to know that you're upset because that way you don't look bad. But it's like the, the essence of friendship is I can make fun of you. You can make fun of me and we're still friends. That's how friendship works. We're really friends if we can both make fun of each other. And so I feel like, um, do I think uh, we're going to start making fun of black people? No. Do I think we're going to start stop making fun of white people? No. Like Robert De Niro used two of my jokes in the Alec Baldwin roast and they were all about fucking black women. <laughs> so, you know, which he can do because he's what both of his wives have been black. It seems like I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question, but like, mm -hmm. no, that's good. Those are good examples. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you have basketball players on the panel who don't are black and don't date black women. So. Did you, did you ever do Blake Griffin? Did you ever go up against him? I haven't battled him, but I helped him with a, with his ball. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 He's, pretty, I like him. he's talented. Yeah. yeah. He's very talented. Um, we did uh, that. I think the roast in Montreal. No, no, no. I He was in Montreal the year that we did the roast battle and he was like hosting his own show. So that's where I met him. And, uh, and we started becoming friends there. And then like, I asked him if he was coming to the, the bat roast battle finals and he said he couldn't and i was like ah of course you know you've never been to a final four and so like <laughs> it was just like it just like sealed the deal for our friendship yeah perfect is there um sorry my there... baby just woke up oh, yeah. oh we knew it was coming this is cool i know go, go get go Let... get to you go get to your babe okay i'll be right back we got you that's awesome so drew what what are we learning here i think uh for me, so I don't know about you, but I grew up in, in the Boston area and uh, that's all of our friends did was just break each other's balls all the time. Yeah. It's just how we grew up. Maybe that's everywhere. I don't know, but it seemed like especially in Boston. But here's the difference. Like you can't just take that onto stage and, and assume that it'll work. Uh, you still got to, to her point, you still got to make it tight. You still got to set it up and you have to bring the audience in because your question was, you know, what if, you know, it's un, it's not as known information. Uh, so like, even though my friends are really funny and they're really funny in the living room, uh, it's not, doesn't translate necessarily to a, a good roast battle. Right. Kind of like you put, like, I, you still have to follow all the basic rules of, of comedy. And just like you're writing a regular joke, you know, the dragging out the setup, you know, you can't assume they know anything about this person, which to me is like kind of a struggle. Cause like, you know, in a in a typical, I think, in a regular roast battle situation that a, a comedy comedian might find themselves in, you're going up against perhaps someone from another city that you don't know very well, and you just, I guess, you just have to go through and dig through their Instagram. Hey. Oh my gosh, that's so cute! You have to dig through their Instagram and try to find something in there because you don't like. I feel like in the local roast battles, you know the comics. That's not a problem. But when you if you if you maybe um, get to the next level and you're doing like 
your city versus the next city over, then you really got to like, you really got to put a lot of information in the setup or it doesn't make sense. I found it interesting when Sarah was talking about sitting down with Mike Lawrence and he stone faced her and gave her only like known information. And then she, of course, gave him everything that she had, uh, which is, you know, a problem. It's, it's life. And by the way, that baby's famous. I saw him on TBS. Is, uh, he, was, he was on your, your video for Tournament of Laughs. Is that what it, was, what it was called? Oh, yeah. He was on Tournament of Laughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TBS. Yeah. He was he's been on TV like. He was on, because uh, I used to write for Spade's show Lights Out, and so he was on Lights Out the day after he was born, yeah. so. Oh, wow. And then wow. my boyfriend's a sportscaster on the Rich Eisen show, so he's been on there a bunch, so I know. <laughs> he's got more credits than I do, you know. Child star, Dickie Roberts. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, well, this is great. Well, we're glad he's, he joins us. Uh, we've got a, a <laughs> true celebrity in the room. Uh, uh-huh. If, if you're ready for it, uh, let's let's get into this roast. Uh, do you okay. want to set it up a little bit? Uh, your relationship with Dolph, uh, how this came together, when this was, anything else you want to share with us about this? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, well, basically, you know, after I did the first season of Roast Battle, Comedy Central came back and they wanted me to do it again, but the format had changed a little bit. And they said, uh, well, who do you want to roast? You know, like whoever you want. And I was like, you're basically asking me who I'm okay losing to, you know, (laughs) like that. Like, I'm not going to pick somebody that's like easy, you know, that I could just tear a hole into, but I want to pick somebody good. That's fun. You know? And like, uh, Nick and I, or Dolph had been doing, we do a lot of stand up shows together and we started doing a tour together. And then we were like, well, this, I was like, well, this would really help our tour if we could battle each other together on TV. And I asked him if he was down because he's such a huge fan of the roast. Like he would come as my guest to the roast all the time. He would just sit in the back. Like no one even knew he was there. He's probably more (laughs) famous than half the people on the dais. You know what I mean? (laughs) So like he would literally just sit in the back and like in the dark, like nobody even knew he was there. And, um, and so I asked him and he was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I'd love to. And and then immediately like regretted it. Like, Oh my God. And then I was like, I was like, well, we're not going to do anything, you know, like say anything that we, that's not true or that we don't mean, you know, and like, um, and so, yeah, so he said yes. And then we both just like went to writing and like, again, when, you know, you only roast the ones you love and I really love him. And I was like, if I lose to him, like, this is great. Like he never wins anything in wrestling. This would be great <laughs> if he could like win in, in roasting. So, you know. It was great. And then it just also great exercise for us to be able because we roast each other nonstop already, like our whole day. He is so sarcastic and so am I. And so like the whole time that we hang out and we just constantly make fun of each other. Well, let's go ahead and get it started. I broke it up into five <laughs> parts and I started with the intro because it's fun and playful. And I think it, it really helps paint the picture of what, what you guys are, your relationship in some ways. Uh, Sarah, why did you pick this guy to roast tonight? He's one of my best friends, and uh, he's a known loser, so I thought I had a good chance. <laughs> well, that, that was so nice. You said known. <laughs> I like that you both have the same haircut, but style it differently. <laughs> yeah. We also get our periods at the same time now. Oh. Hell yeah. 
save it. <laughs> I, I love that so much. I had to get it in because you didn't know that was coming. Yeah. No, and, no, I forgot about that line. That's so funny. And and then you've got your peers. I mean, obviously Jeff Ross and and then Jesselnick and 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 Nikki. I mean, is that intimidating to to you? It'd be intimidating as fuck to me, but to you. Uh, no, I just felt more guilty that like they are my friends and like they feel like they have to like choose, you know, because they, they know him too, you know what I mean? And like, obviously like Jeselnik and Nick or Dolph dated the same girl. So like, it's been, it's like, it was like a whole history thing, you know? So I had things prepared to say in case that was brought up. The Eskimo um, brother thing. Okay, that makes yeah. more sense. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was like, of course, because if like if Jeselnik voted for Dolph, I was going to be like, of course you're going to vote for family. I mean, Eskimo <laughs> brothers is like technically brothers, yeah. and, uh, but like, yeah, I, I didn't have to say any of that. And then like, um, yeah, with Jeff, I had. I was ready to say, like, if he voted for Dolph, I was going to say, like, uh, of course, you're voting for the person in this room that's broken more chairs than you, you know. <laughs> and so uh, the one person who's ever broken more chairs than you. Um, so, yeah, that was like I was like prepared. But it, so that's hard when it's your friends because you don't want to, like, have to put them in that situation. But luckily, they they voted for me. Those jokes. So are you, do okay, so let me ask you about those. Are you doing those for the sake of the production and the value of the overall show? Or are you doing those maybe to kind of, if, there, if there's two people who voted and they're in, on the fence and you threw that last hook in there and now they, now you've got a little extra or both. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You're just like, I'm just prepared for uh, every situation. So like, to me, I look at it like football, like what's my playbook? Like what, what is every possible situation that I can be put in? I want to be prepared for all of those things. Uh, the only thing I really wasn't prepared for was to win. <laughs> I was like prepared to lose like a, a, in every possible way. And then for them to win, I was like, they were so nice to me and they were so complimentary. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds like the biggest key perhaps to roast battling is just being prepared for anything that might happen and trying to yeah. run through all the potential scenarios. And if you can do that well, no matter what happens, you'll be ready because the worst thing that can happen is you're something happens and you're not ready for it. You don't you haven't thought right. it through and you don't have a great uh, joke for that moment. Right. Or you have one joke that you wrote that you're like about the judges and then they don't bring anything up about it. And then like you force that joke and then all of a yeah. sudden it's like awkward. Now you're just like making fun of them for no reason. You know what I mean? I think I did that to Spade in like the first round of roast battle in uh, before we were really friends. I think I said like something <laughs> about him, like not being on the list of like some party or something. It's like the only <laughs> list he's ever been on or something. And like, he was like, what? Like, where did that come from? And I was like, Oh God, I'm lucky. I like have a nice face or that not, might not have gone over well. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and queue up the first round. Okay. Let's, let's do it. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Perfect. Are we ready? Let's roll. If you don't know this, 
Um, Dolph and I have been very close friends for many, many years, and I think it's safe to say that you're a ladies' man, but you're perpetually single. Honestly, <laughs> Dolph has lost more girls than an ICE detention center in El Paso. Oh. <laughs> Good start. Good start. <laughs> Sarah is a country music singing, truck driving, beer drinking redneck. Woo! Yeah! The only thing feminine about her is she's not funny. Goes for girls aren't funny. I don't know. I know it's uh, hard because it's like people don't believe it. They're like, wait, she just proved that she was funny. So it's hard to do that joke. That joke is better to be done after I did a joke that bombed. That joke, that's when that joke should have been said. Ooh, okay. That, I'm yeah. glad you did that. Yeah, that helps from a from a roast battle perspective. So you have them all written down. He just, he came out with probably, his inexperience showed is what you're saying yeah. there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's nervous. And then also... I would just like to point out that you can see that both of us are sweating. So yes. that was taped <laughs> in August. At, uh, um, I forget what theater it was taped at, but they lost the air conditioning broke that day. Oh, and so it was like 110 or 115 degrees inside. They had all these fans blowing. One of the girls in the balcony like passed out. And like it was a, it was really really hot, and so people think that we were like nervous, but it was just like so freaking hot. And like I think the next day, Comedy Central spent like forty thousand dollars to uh, put in air conditioning because it was supposed to be in there, but it broke. And then like so anyway, just a little inside information. We weren't nervous. It was just that hot. For the record, I couldn't tell you were sweating. He was sweating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah crazy but he's what, also an athlete he's a pro athlete right. you know like he sweats all the time one thing that this round brought up for me was the fact that maybe and you can speak to this this is my assumption in roast battles you don't have to you do not have to worry about the the evergreen potential of a joke it can really like oh. the ice joke was so timely mm -hmm. and because because of the format and because of the situation of a roast battle jokes don't have to age well. You can do stuff that's like very timely and will work for you and you don't, don't have to worry. Like sometimes if you're thinking about putting out a special or putting out something online, you might have you might think twice yes. about in, inserting that. But roast, it's all fair game. Topical is the is the best joke to do. Anything that is current events. I remember I roasted Tiffany Haddish and like she was like, uh, she grew up in the foster care system. And so at the time, Boko Haram had like kidnapped all these girls, you know what I mean? Oh, and I made this yeah, joke yeah. about how uh, she wishes she was one of those girls because their parents want them back. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh my God. But like, if I brought up Boko Haram now, like who's going to remember, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's a, deep dark dive but like and i think at the time uh i roast when i roasted ralphie may it was like right after the ray rice incident so i think i said something like you know you are a lot like ray rice you're not an athlete but no one wants to be on an elevator with you either you know so like <laughs> topical jokes are like the best they're the biggest ones that you can do so like that's why i think i came out swinging with that one because it was like it had freshly just happened a bunch of kids they had just opened those detention centers and that's why you see Jezelnet going crazy because he fucking loves that shit. Yeah. yeah, that's his thing for sure. Oh, yeah. 
He was Perfect. like, he, I mean, Desilnik and I started together. We used to run rooms together. So like him and I have been really close friends for 15 years. You know what I mean? So, so for sure he like, I know his sense of humor better than any, but I've known him longer than any of those people up there. Wow. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So you're saying you cheated in this roast battle by <laughs> you knew the judges and you knew what they would like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I no. wish. Let me, uh, let me play the next joke. You know, I, the first time I went over to Dolph's house, uh, there was pink underwear everywhere. And I was like, did you have a bunch of girls over last night? But of course they were his underwear. And I was like, wow, there's more pink in this house than the Susan G. Komen Foundation and the same number of breasts. <laughs> <laughs> All that buildup, I don't know if you proved me wrong, but still. <laughs> Sarah is a down-home Southern girl. She's a tomboy. <laughs> Her friends used to love to throw the pigskin around, and <laughs> when they were done fucking Sarah, they'd all go play football. I left the table in. I had to leave the table in. We'll see. Yeah, we'll yeah, you got it. Uh, one thing that this brings up for me is um, it seems like there's a thing using the other person's name as much as possible seems to give a little extra something to it. Oh. It just seems like every time someone does a roast joke, it always includes the other person's name. Yeah, I think it, you. that's a really good uh, observation because obviously it's personal. So you have to, you know, you don't want it to be insert name here. You know what I mean? And I feel like, you know, he personalized that joke by saying my name and then bringing up that I'm a sports fan. He needed to let people know that I was a sports fan in order to make that joke. You know, I think it was a joke that like people have heard before. So maybe it's like, you know, like if they just haven't heard it on me and like my joke was like really specific. I had to explain what his house, that's a true story about his house. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> yeah. It's also full of animal print. Everything is, an it's like Snooky lives there. That's what I would have guessed. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is obnoxious. And so <laughs> I was like, I'm, I, I'm always like, what women are walking? What you just have. And like, uh, but I had to explain that. And you can tell the setup is way too long for the punchline. The punchline is about, it's not even about him. The punchline, that's the other thing. That's the trick of that joke. That joke is about the Susan G. Komen Foundation and how they don't have boobs. Right. <laughs> so, a, you kind of, I mean, it's a shock. It's a shock, right? It's, it's what, it's, yeah, it's, it's where more, the punch comes from. Yeah. It's just a more of a joke of like, uh, the stakes are high. That That's, that's how any good ro roast joke works. You know, the higher the stakes, the mm. better the joke. As soon, if someone has has died, that's like the ultimate stakes, right? So, like, I think of the James Franco roast. James Gandolfini had just died, and so I wrote this joke: like, James Franco, you are an an insult to Italian actors everywhere. James Gandolfini must be trying to roll over in his grave right now. Right. You know, and like, you know, it's like that had just happened, so. <sighs> the fact that it was new and the fact that he had got like all of the stakes are high right there. Mm -hmm. Wow. Drew, the higher the stakes really right. smart. Yep. And it goes back to the Rick Roberts about raising the, the risk of the joke get, right. creates the tension. Perfect. Yeah. But you still want it to be smart. You, st you can raise the stakes all you want, 
but you can't, you have to think around the punchline. You can't just go for the obvious. You know what I mean? Like you can't say rolling over in his grave because that's what people would say. But making a fat joke on top of a dead joke, (laughs) it it adds layers. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So think of ways to to make the, the, the joke even more anticipatory or creative. Like I remember for, um, Sorry, baby dropped his toy. Uh, I remember for the Ralphie May Rose, like, I think I said something about how, like, Ralphie's really getting into fitness. He recently took up yoga just so he could get flexible enough to kiss his foot goodbye. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that is a, a diabetes joke that is encased in a fat joke that is encased in a yoga joke. You don't mm. see it coming. So, like, the, the, the more blind you, people can be leading up to it, the better it can be, you know, joke, jokeception right there. Yeah. Yeah. Joke, yeah that's right. Perfect. Layering. <laughs> I love it. Uh, perfect. Okay. I'm going to go into the next joke. I believe this is the next joke. Dolph's last girlfriend broke up with him and I don't blame her because every time he went down on her, he would tap out after a three count. <laughs> what I heard. Oh, God. Sarah, I, if we weren't such good friends, I would feel like that you were a little jealous that I'm a wrestler. You know, every week you have to watch me, your friend, walk down the aisle <laughs> while music plays and everyone's looking at me and there's a ring at the end. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, I get pinned by big sweaty guys, but I get paid millions of dollars. When you do it, it's just for like Waffle House and a ride home. <laughs> He should have opened with that. Yeah, yeah. Yours was tighter, so you went in that. His was his was good. I mean, that was a oh, deep that, dig. Yeah, th- that joke, and I, I think the next one that you're probably going to show were the best jokes. So I would, I would have uh, bookmarked those two on the ends. But yeah, it's so perfect. It is exactly all the things that you can make fun of me, it, like about a wet, like taking every concept of a wedding and layering it into one joke. So smart. Yeah. One one thing, just strategically here, I noticed something. You are such a kind human, it, it would seem, except for your roast jokes, uh, that you are laughing at the other comedians' oh, yeah. jokes during it. Now, if you were being super competitive, is it a better strategy to win to straight face and not act like their joke is funny? Well, if it's funny, I'm going to laugh. I can't help it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, And I also think the better you are at taking jokes – the funnier it is for everybody, you know, like it just makes the whole experience. Yeah. Like nobody wants to see my feelings hurt. So maybe even if I didn't like the joke, I would probably laugh, but if I really like it, I'll laugh hard. You know, like I remember, um, so for the Rob Lowe roast, Peyton Manning was my, um, my guy. Like I had, I, I worked on his the most and, uh, his performance the most. And, um, and that was because, I was the only female writer in the room, but I was also the only one that knew anything about football. Uh, (laughs) But I remember, you know, sitting with like with Peyton, like everything is like the the book, right? Like he's like, give me a playbook. I'm going to follow it. You know, he would like practice everything like the cadence, you know, like the way his hands moved, everything. And before he um, went on, I remember saying to him, like, if you think the joke's funny, laugh. If you hate it, laugh harder because 
that will endear you to everybody. If they think you're having a good time, they'll have a good time. And it doesn't even matter how you do. Like if, if they're having a good time, they'll think you were awesome because you took a joke about yourself. Like the more you can take a joke about yourself, the funnier you seem to everybody else. Because nobody wants to go to a show and then like someone's bummed out and then like who's having a good time because someone's feelings got hurt. They're just jokes. It doesn't even matter. I'm more offended if the joke's not funny. I'm like, man, I spent so much time writing these jokes about you. You could have done a little bit of research on me. This is a good you've you've called out so many roasts. So you've you've got such a career in this. Have you is there in your experience, was there anybody that did that was like so bummed out like they couldn't take it? Like and you don't have to use a name or, or you can if you'd like, but somebody that just couldn't take it. Um, I haven't had anybody that couldn't take it. You know, like Sybil Shepherd, she was like, I don't even want to know what the jokes mean because I, I, <laughs> I understand them. Ignorance. I'm going to probably yeah. be upset. <laughs> yeah. Don't explain why the jokes mean. I'm like, great. You know what I mean? Like the jokes that we wrote for her, she didn't want explained. The jokes about her, which, you know, she, you know, she was just like more appalled because she's like a sweet mom. You know what I mean? And then I also had Ann Coulter for the Rob Lowe roast. And, you know, uh, I think the example of her is like, she, to me, was a really great person to work with. She didn't really listen to my advice. Like, I remember telling her, like, go up there and say, just open and say, like, if people boo you, say, um, unlike Rob Lowe, I can handle my booze. Right. Because he's ah, it's sober. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, uh, and she was like, they're not going to boo me. And I was like, all right, have a good time. You know, like, what can I do? But the whole time I remember she wasn't laughing and I was like, you have to laugh. You know what I mean? Like if you laugh, like it will make you seem like so much softer and your, your set's going to go so much better. And she goes, well, I'll laugh when it's funny. And I was like, you're actually right. Because everybody just kept calling her a cunt. And it's like, that's not a joke. Those aren't jokes. There are plenty of jokes to make about Ann Coulter. You can do all of these jokes. The best joke on the whole thing about her was when, well, was the one I wrote for Peyton, but it was also Nikki Glaser <laughs> wrote that joke that was like, um, the only Mexican that, well, the only man that will ever love you is the Mexican that digs your grave. And, uh, that's right. you know, that's a, a fantastically layered joke. So, you know, and she she would laugh and she has a sense of humor about herself but like the jokes about her were just mean and that's the problem when you roast someone that you when you roast someone that you don't love that's how the jokes turn out that's an example of that that's a great call out i remember watching that roast and i do remember her they kept cutting to her being really uncomfortable and it like at home i'm like and coulter that is I know. Yeah. And like she's already hated, but she had such this huge opportunity. Like Tony Hinchcliffe and I just like revisited this because we wrote her script for her and we had all these great jokes about Obama and Hollywood and all the snowflakes in the room. And it was so (laughs) funny and it called out all the, their like hypocrisy and bullshit, you know what I mean? But it was like still soft and kind and self-loathing and she wouldn't do it. She wanted to like, make jokes about Horatio Sands. And we're like, he's not even there. And nobody even knows who that is. If you want to make fun of a Mexican, we'll give you a Mexican to make fun of. You know what I mean? But like, don't just like try to make Mexican jokes for no reason. It's so dumb. But you know, what are you going to do? But I, 
she was incredibly kind to me. And I think that she is like a soft, gentle person at heart. I think she's really smart. She just didn't approach that the way I would have. Sure. Shout out for Ahmed. I'm going to play the last clip. I always worry about Dolph because he's had three concussions. So I'm always worried that he's going to have CTE. But I know you're never going to kill yourself because if there's one thing you don't have in your house, it's a belt. <laughs> This might be the CTE and the concussions talking, but you look pretty tonight, Sarah. <laughs> oh, Sarah, I didn't know how intense this was going to get. I didn't know if I'd have to bust out a super kick. But, I mean, I know in your act you say a lot, you know, you're, you're not married, you're getting down the line, and just, I didn't want that to be the only time you ever felt a kick in your stomach. <laughs> Hey, he's got a belt now and you have a baby. So this is <laughs> motivation. Yeah. <laughs> those were those were definitely solid final jokes from on both sides. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and honestly, that uh, belt joke, I think I, I recycled that from Ralphie May because uh, I did that joke, a joke about Ralphie. That was right when Robin Williams died. And I used it like that, like. I don't want you to go out like Robin Williams. We've lost so many, but I know you'll never hang yourself because if there's one thing you don't have in your house, it's a belt. And uh, <laughs> oh, it works God. as a fat joke too, but then it uh. also worked with Nick because he's a notorious loser. And so <laughs> and, uh, it, uh, it works. No. You just have to, you know, so like all the best writing is rewriting. I will tell you that. Like when you go, when we go into a roast room, when we go into a writer's room, you're constantly looking at jokes that you wrote from roast before. And you're like, how can I remanufacture these and like rewrite these to fit other people? You know, not ones that already used or were, you know, were worked, but at the same time, you know, like I think Jeff like reused the, um, B Arthur. I wouldn't fuck you with B Arthur's dick. I think he did that with a couple of other people, you know, it was like a little callback joke that people knew that he did. Like somebody else can't do that joke. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Seth Rogen can't do that joke, but like Jeff can do it again because it was his joke. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. So it sounds like you almost have like templates of, you know, that you can insert, you know, depending on who you're writing for or if or you're writing against that you can, you've got these formats you can just kind of use and sometimes revisit. Do you have notebooks of, worth of this stuff that you call back oh, to yeah. yeah yeah and you know what also there's uh i always tell people who are writing there's this great website called rhymezone.com and on rhymezone you can put in a word and there's a a tab at the top that says related words so if i put in belt it will bring up all the words related to the word belt you know and so it helps you think in a different direction. So like when you're roasting someone like Dolph, you go, what are the things about him? He wears underwear. He's a wrestler. They're in a ring. He has belt. Like what are all the words associated with wrestling? You could go to, you know, just write in wrestling and like see what comes up. You know what I mean? And then it's probably going to bring up old wrestlers. So what old wrestlers can I compare him to? You know what I mean? So I remember one that I, are we done with the ones with him and I? I think, I think that's it. I'm, yeah, I think it's it. Right. There was a John Cena joke that I remember, like John Cena, you know, like 
he dated a girl that John Cena is now or was engaged to at the time. And so I was like, she uh, didn't even break up with him before she got with John Cena. She just said, you can't see me anymore, <laughs> you know? And like, if you, but you have to know wrestling to really get that joke. And I didn't do that on the show because I was afraid not enough people, it might be too inside. So it's like, yeah. you know, you can write all these jokes, but like, you also have to like, know your audience, like know who's there. Like when we're doing live shows, I can do that show, that joke all day because everybody's there is a wrestling fan. They're coming there to see him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing you still have to know the, still that's another thing that still is true about comedy, you know, in some sense, know your audience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like your baby's getting restless. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> no, I, rattle. I, that's, we just want to make sure you, you can, you can be mom today. Uh, the, you ended up winning that, I believe, two to one. I think somebody ended up voting for Dolph, but you did end up winning. So congratulations! Uh, and what a what a fun time it looked like y'all had. And you got you guys y'all must have had such a great tour together. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, do you uh, do you want to you want to do our quick roast? Do you, you game sure. for that stuff? Yeah, yeah, whatever you want. Now you went yeah. first. Is that a strat? Why why go first? I have Let's to see pick advantage. them up. Sorry. Oh no, we're happy. I love seeing them. <laughs> yeah. What, what what was your strategy with I go first? Is that, is it all, do you always like coming out first on, on these battles? Uh, I think it just shows a little bit more strength. It shows that I'm not afraid. I think it just says mm. like, you know, and like sometimes I just want to get my dig in before you, because I don't want to have to do a rebuttal right away. And I'd sometimes you could get my first joke out. And I think I've seen you do this too. Sometimes you can step aside in a funny way too, and, and make mm -hmm. fun of them in the, in a dig. Uh, right. Like if he would have gone first with his first joke, before you and said you were unfunny before you'd even Oof. spoken. Yeah, that it, doesn't. It, yeah, then it might have worked a little better if he would have if he would have stepped up and gone first with that and not told it right after you zinged him with a wonderful joke. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm going to show some strength, Drew, and go first. Then we have a so so Sarah. The way this is going to work is we're going to have three just three jokes, three rounds. Okay. And, and you can pick a winner, and we can't end in a hug because we're in quarantine. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, so you may not be able to see this on the camera, but Drew has a lot of tattoos. He wears jeans with holes in them, old t-shirts, kind of styles his hair a little bit. Uh, so most of the time when we go to Mike's, we're looking for laughs. Drew looks like he's looking for heroin. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> um, um, you're, you're a great looking guy, Brian. You really are. You're a wonderful looking guy. And if popped collars and loafers without socks ever needed a spokesperson, you're the guy. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for advertisers. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Drew's wife, Sarah, this is true, sadly divorced him, left him for a woman. But nobody was surprised because Drew does look like an obnoxious pillow talker. And she's always been into pussies. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I actually, do like that that's one. pretty good. Oh, Brian, you you've excelled in everything you've tried. You know, it's amazing. You, you married a doctor. You have two awesome kids. You started your own business. You've been incredibly successful, and all that's left is for you to announce that you're a terrible pedophile. Oh, my my trip to Epstein Island. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Drew works in Christian radio. The slogan for his radio station is God Listens, which he's also adopted as the slogan for his comedy because God is the 
only one who's listening during his sets. In fact, I think God invented COVID just to cancel Drew. So Sarah, blame Drew for being out of work right now. Uh, promise. All right. I bet. I bet. I, uh, <laughs> Brian, here's the deal. You're, you're an entrepreneur. You're financially successful. You have a strong jawline. You have that haircut. Uh, you dress like a frat boy. You play lacrosse. Standing in the grocery store next to the tampons is the only way you could be more of a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good ending. Ooh. All right. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, that was good, you guys. That was seemed really personal, but also loving. You know, like clearly you're making fun of his wife leaving him for another woman because that's something you've probably openly talked about. Right? Another woman. I like that you put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I think you could. You didn't need the woman. pillow talk part. I think the best part about both you had both both had really good jokes. They should just have been shorter. It's like you don't need the pillow talk. You just say, of you know. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm surprised okay. she didn't stay married to you because she's always been into pussy or whatever. <laughs> and like, uh, she might get back together, you know, whatever. And then I thought, Brian, that first joke about the heroin, I think like, uh, heroin might've been a little too obvious. So like, maybe like the only reason you're going to open mics is to look for someone's Netflix password, like something even sadder than drugs, uh, you know I what you. I mean? Could also work. Um, and then drip. And then Drew, <laughs> yeah, Cage was pretty tired of your jokes. Yeah, he, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> he got. They made him really sleepy. <laughs> yeah, are you really a Christian uh, radio host? Yeah, yeah, that was. That's been my. I've been in radio for like 13, 14 years now. Yeah, because those seemed very nice. They didn't yeah. seem too roasty. Oh. They seemed very like uh like they were just like truths that you thought were maybe funny <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta turn up turn up the mood. you're gonna have to turn up the heat a little bit there we're you know both. i like the douchebag joke though because i think brian does look like a douchebag you know what i mean like <laughs> he looks like he should be hosting uh, you know like he looks like you look like you should have like a career like calling college football games, but you're just on the verge of like getting charged with sexual harassment every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seems like a lot. It seems like one thing that's really fun to play off is just someone's appearance is like so much of roast jokes. Yeah, for sure. The most obvious thing that the, the judges and in the audience. Everyone and, can see it. If they don't yeah. know you, they know what you look like. Just that, you know, like that's the most obvious thing. You know what I mean? So like it's the it's the first thing that people go for because it's great. You know what I mean? Like and when you're very pretty, like like Brian is, you know what I mean? Like, why not make fun of that? <laughs> why not Absolutely. try to take his pretty head off? <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you. Uh, let's uh, let's land this plane. So who who won? Brian, I think you were. Oh, yeah. Thank you. We're also going to uh, leave it to our, our listeners, too, if you want to. So we'll, we'll let them have a vote and a say as well. Uh, I, I definitely, I, as she put, I kind of want to steal that pussy joke now. <laughs> See? You want jokes about yourself that you can use. Yes, the best. That's perfect. Well, we have our last segment. It's kind of morbid. Uh, we have young life here, but we're going to be talking about the end of life uh, just because, uh, like you said, that's the ultimate stake. So I like how you put that. Uh, so our, it's called Last Laugh, and it's what would Sarah Tiana want on her tombstone? That's our last joke. Oh, uh, 
So I think, you know, the thing that I told Mark, Mike Lawrence that I didn't really tell anybody else was just how I was a prude. And so I think that my tombstone should say, um, she finally put out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that tracks, but it's like close enough. It's so good. Uh, you are a, a super talented roast writer. You've had so much experience. This this episode is going to be so meaningful to it was to me, and I know it will be to a lot of our listeners. And oh, that's so nice. We really appreciate you taking the time this morning with your baby uh, in tow uh, to do this with us, and uh, wish you all the best. And we'll continue to follow your career. I mean, just it's so exciting the the places you've gone, and I'm jealous of all the athletes you get to meet. That's pretty dope. Uh, so you live looks like, seems like you, seems like you live a pretty cool life. So keep doing what you're doing. Pretty lucky. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you for having so me. It was a real honor. I really appreciate you guys asking. So. Hopefully, if anybody else has any more questions, my DMs are always open on Twitter. So if you have a joke you need to run by me or a question, just DM me and then I'll try to help you with it. And then your Twitter handle for our listeners? Sarah Tiana. Sarah with an H. Tiana with a Tiana. <laughs> Very simple. All right. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Some breaking down bits. Drew Jordan, we'll see you soon. Sarah Tiana, keep doing it. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Breaking Down Bits. You can keep in touch or get more when you follow at Breaking Down Bits on social media. Visit the website BreakingDownBits.com or shoot us an email at BreakingDownBits at gmail.com.